Hello and welcome back to another episode of I Think She's Offside with your host Lippa. Getting onto boards, the future of sports boards, in our second part of our collaboration with Vimjin Consulting. We spoke to Funky Awuderu, who is a senior inclusion and diversity manager at the FA, about her role within the Get On Board programme. She talks about her sports journey and how she managed to get onto board level, as well as talking about how our listeners can make their first steps into getting onto board roles. So, without delay, let's get into it. Hi Funky, how are you today? I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. Thank you for asking. So, what have you been up to? Anything anything interesting that you would want to, the listeners to hear? Um, today I've just been pottering about but also catching up on some work I've uh, had to um, deal with one or two things but generally it's been fine it's been okay so I know that you're a sports enthusiast is that right in me saying or you are involved in sports in some way both Um, I'm an enthusiast um, in as much as you know like anybody who's mad about sports I kind of live it drink it work in it (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's a big part of my life and so yeah um certainly it's a it's, it's quite a significant role that it plays in my day-to-day so so what's the sport that you're really into then um I like running I play squash now and again I'm a big fan of football working football but also watch tennis um just generally really I mean yeah I mean I'm, I'm a, a big consumption of of sports in this country put it that way Let's not forget that you are a woman of colour. So you fall in the bracket of a BAME woman. Yes, thank you. So how, so how hard was it for you to get into sports, knowing that you're, you're a BAME individual, trying to get in, especially in the time when, when you entered the industry? Well, I've worked in sport, I would say, for most of my professional life. And um, I've been in, which probably spans across... 30 years um I kind of um studied um sport and recreation and then went into sort of local authority sports development which was all about engaging hard to reach communities and and using sports as a vehicle um to unlock and to untap their potential but it's more about that community sense as well and then went into various national roles of which the last 10 years, I've been working with the Football Association as the um, um, senior lead on equality and diversity. So, um, yeah, for me, in terms of the journey into sport, wasn't necessarily one that was hard, partly because my passion um, um, allowed me to actually didn't see it as a barrier. So I wouldn't say it was hard. That said, obviously, as with any um, um, if you are career minded and have aspirations as how you climb the ladder and I've learned my trade you know kind of make sure that um, certainly I didn't I wasn't complacent around absorbing as much knowledge as possible and actually for me it's more around that kind of connection with other people um, was far more important and having role models and mentors along the way too. So who were your role models when you were growing up, as I heard you just touch upon them? Uh, 
for me, my role models were really in the sport that I was really kind of connected into, whether that be tennis or whether that be in football. Um, so for me, it was more around people like, I mean, I don't know whether you would know these people, but people like Tessa Sanderson, who was an, a big athletics. Athletics also was sort of quite played a big role in my life as well. Um, so it would be people like Tessa Sanderson, um, people like Denise Lewis as well, um, in terms of tennis, Martina Navratilova. Um, yeah, those those were the sort of really strong-headed women that really kind of made me feel that, yeah, um, it wasn't so much to be like them, but there were qualities about them that certainly resonated with me. So those qualities that you've just described, did did it make your hunger to pursue your career even further? I would say the hunger and the appetite was there. Um, I would say that I learned a lot about life and about people through sport. Um, you know, sport is quite a social thing. And for me, that social connection um, was really important, particularly away from the home life. Um, and, and being part of a club setting is always good because, you know, there were always people around. And so you, you would have role models in those settings as well. Um, but, yeah, um, it was more around the fact that those qualities um, gave me the passion to continue um, because I knew that certainly I benefited as an individual, but I could also see how sport benefited the whole community too and it's about um, finding yourself but also appreciating the qualities of other people around you um, so that you know their, their, their weaknesses were your strengths and vice versa but that collegial way of, of, of being around people was quite fundamental and um, key for me particularly like I said earlier in terms of away from from home I come from a very um, large family, predominantly boys. I have five brothers and one sister. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm completely the opposite. It's like all <laughs> girls and one brother. Bless him. <laughs> so um, so that, that aspect for me was really important. It was great to, to have my sister, but she was much younger. So having somebody to look up to from a female perspective was, um, was, was something that drove me. And I got that away from the home and, and within that sort of club um, sort of sports setting much more than in the home setting. Have you seen any changes occur from when you were in school and how sports was then to how it's evolved to what it is today? Oh, big time. I mean, I think there's so there's so much opportunities now. Um, I mean, albeit there's still certain barriers that I know we, we talk about. Yeah. But when I was growing up, it, you know, working in sport and playing sport wasn't something that was well supported I mean again going back to home life you know my mother definitely while she was encouraging but she never didn't she never thought that it was something that was a proper career um, and every I would always rebel against that because I got so much out of it which is why I studied into it and and, and just kind of naturally fell into that groove um, but certainly when I was growing up there weren't that many opportunities apart from you know you played in a team at school and and, and so forth but it was when I kind of compare and contrast in terms of if I had my time again I would I would say that 
if I was born in this kind of era or sort of generationally, I was more younger now, I certainly would, ex you know, explore and exploit all sorts of opportunities because there was just there's so much more now compared to what it was in the past where there was still a stigma around sort of girls playing football or, or doing any form of physicality in that sense where, you know, it was very much about for boys rather than it for, for girls. And for me, in my head and trying to rewire my brain, I couldn't fully understand why as a female and as a black female, why that should be lesser and why I should be a lesser person compared to my brothers who excelled in sport. I certainly excelled in sport, but it was never necessarily valued in the same way. Um, and then, you, you know, you deal with, you know, some of your peers in terms of that whole changing room thing and the cultural aspect of it. But I certainly rebelled against that because I knew that I got so much out of sport and I felt much more myself playing sport and working in it than anything else. So you spoke about rebelling so where do you think you got that side from because sports back then as you mentioned it was predominantly a man's game mm. and being a black woman in sports was seen as so foreign and ab abnormal at the time so how did you overcome those barriers to think do you know what I can do it there's probably not a job for me yet but I will make that place for me where did you get that determination from um I would say that some of that came from the fact that I had a really good PE teacher who was really kind of strong minded and very um, supportive. And it was her who basically um, because I wanted to understand how she became a PE teacher, really, and to be a leader in that sense. And, and, and it was something that I aspired to. And that's when I kind of realized that, you know, you didn't have to go down the banking route or the the doctor route that actually you can have a career in sport um so I rebelled because I wanted to follow my dream and my passion and what I felt comfortable with in terms of it being good and the idea and the notion of being able to have a career and earn from it was even more appealing really so and I'm glad I did rebel because you know I wouldn't be the person I am and be doing the job that I'm doing and the jobs that I have done uh, professionally if it wasn't for that sort of fire in the belly and like I said earlier the fact that you know having five brothers meant that I had to be tougher I had to do things differently and I had to find my way and navigate around that and feed off people that were encouraging and very supportive and and just believe in myself really and the fact that I enjoyed it made it much more easier because it wasn't something that I found it was natural to me rather than something that was difficult. So racism was quite a big thing back when you were younger mm. and still quite visible today. And I know you've done a lot of work with anti-racism. So can you talk a little bit about that for me, please? Yeah, I mean, I would say certainly um you know, when I was growing up, you did feel different. Um, you know, I lived in a neighborhood where it was predominantly um, white. Um, and actually, my upbringing was started really in Nigeria. I mean, whilst I was born in this country, I spent 
most of my sort of earlier years in Nigeria where I never felt any difference. And, um, you know, it's not until I came into this country with my siblings that you realize that there were, you know, the color of your skin defined you, which was a, you know, that was a novelty to me. Why, why would be different? And obviously you realize that you are different because you are a minority. And so therefore, you know, you needed to be tougher and and much more resilient, although that was difficult because trying to understand as a teenager why you will be treated differently um, and not accepted for who you are was just always a phenomenon in my head that I just couldn't get around. And, you know, it doesn't, it's something that followed me, which is why I do what I do, because it was something, you know, I've been, I've worn those shoes really. And, you know, you overcome, I overcome those things by always being better. Um, and so I studied hard whenever I had, to, whenever I was in a team, I would train harder um, because I knew that I had to be the best to be either part of something or to prove people differently. Um, so you find your own mechanisms to be able to deal with that. But psychologically, it always is difficult to accept why people will see you differently or structurally how societal construct would define you to be different and it, it was that element that I found quite fascinating um, but also you needed to find a way to navigate around that so that you find your own purpose you followed your passion and 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 be the best that you can be and fulfill yourself to the best potential that you can be. As you, as you mentioned, you were going through stages where you were questioning who you were as a black woman mm. and society was sort of against that at the time and now we're seeing it slowly and gradually being accepted. But now we have this barrier of a man versus woman. It's always been there, but it's been sort of the core in the boardroom so what would your advice be to women who are learning to cope with such experiences in the boardroom yeah the boardroom it's a fascinating dynamics I mean I've 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 been a a board member for you know one or two well certainly two organizations in my lifetime and you navigate around that but you also have to believe in your own self-worth and, 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 and embrace why you're there. You know, you went through a process where it was deemed to be that you had a right to be around the table, but also you, you need to use that position wisely uh, to be part of a collective rather than an individual. And it's, it's, it's finding that balance at the beginning to, to understand those two nuances, but it's also understanding your, and embracing your own currency. Um, and, 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 you know, I went through a journey kind of finding that, um, but I always felt in my, in, in my mind that definitely I had a right to be at the table. And so my role was really to kind of, you know, embrace the passion why I was there, but also um, to find my voice because some of, a lot of the boardroom dynamics is finding your voice and believing the fact that you have a voice, but it's using that voice diligently and wisely so that you are part of a collective. 
Do you think some of that voice that you talk about was influenced by you playing sports and some of those skills being transferable enough so you can display them in a professional manner? Correct. It is. I mean, certainly having, I mean, not that you, I mean, for example, if you were part of a board that was either sports focused or something along those lines, it doesn't mean to say that you have to have played sport at any level to be able to have a, find your voice or have a voice but playing sport does give you sort of leadership a sense of kind of working as a team you pick up all those skill sets through sport and and particularly team sport and that helped me as well because you know I I certainly played team sport and individual sport and and so I understood the resilient factor to that in any boardroom there's all sorts of characters and it's you know if you've got a chair that's supportive and strong they'll bring the best out of everybody irrespective of you knowing why you're there as a purpose so that when I you know I use the word collective because it's really important that you 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 understand that you're part of a team you know, yeah. and um, and so the connection back to playing sport was one that was very natural to me. So, you know, finding my voice was very natural to me because in a team setting, you have to have a voice and you have to communicate in a way that, you know, you, you have shared goals and you're trying to get to the same aims in terms of winning. And it's how you do that by using different skill sets and different strengths of everybody around the table. So we've been talking about boards and boardrooms. So I heard that you were at the Get On Board event at Wembley Stadium a couple of months ago. Do you do you remember any highlights at all from that event? Um, I do, actually. Um, certainly, I mean, I did a, a little sort of um, duo act with Donna um, in terms of both of us talking about our experiences. And we, we really gelled together and bounced together because I think there were some shared synergies there I love the energy in the room in terms of the recruits um, and their aspirations but it's it was also having honest conversations with them as well um, in terms of the fact that you know it's a journey they're taking um, and the role that they will be looking to take on is one of advocacy because it's really important that you're to understand that you're not doing the job of executives you're there to check challenge and support but that advocacy in terms of understanding why you're around the table and to be able to be a supporter is really important rather than to be somebody that critiques all the time in a way that it's not um, getting to where you need to get to Um, and that comes with experience um, but certainly, I mean, for me, the, the event was just really special um, because there was a lot of people in the room that were still green and still had the aspiration of being on the board. You know, they all had fantastic experiences themselves, you know, in terms of their own journeys. Um, but it was for me, it was really important to get that honest conversations going, but also to infuse them, really, to kind of say, if that's what you want to do, go for it, really. You know, there, your time will come. There's always competition um, to be um, to be a board member for organisation, particularly in sports. There's always a lot of interest. But don't 
keep persevering and don't feel um, sort of um, disengaged if for whatever reason you apply for a bold drone, you weren't successful. But yeah, certainly one takeaway from the event was just the sheer energy and the um, passion that everybody had for wanting to um, make a difference. Um, the fact that we are uh, sort of um, a small set of um, BAMI women trying to break that glass ceiling. And it was just great just to, to see so many faces that want to be agents of change in that room. You, you just ended that sentence with saying there was a lot of people that sort of wanted to be in the board setting. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Correct. So Sports England have found that 5% of sports boards members are BAME background so like only 5% equate to BAME individuals. So how does that make you feel? Um, it's not, I mean, obviously that statistic is not necessarily one that one sh- you know, we should feel sort of um, um, proud about, um, which is why women putting themselves forward is really important um, and just keep persevering because in order to, increase that statistic we have to encourage more BAMI women that they need to be part of sports decision-making structures um, in this country Um, but you have to want to do it you know it's not you can't just kind of catapult people into roles and positions for the sake of ticking a box Um, I think exactly and I think you know this is all it's part of a, a a change but I think it's almost a call to action to try and widen that talent pool as well. So we've got a great opportunity in terms of generationally now, where there's people like yourself, Lipper, and others out there who, who, yeah. who are breaking the mould. And, you know, in order to affect change, you have to put yourself out there equally. And for me, I'd rather operate in that space with individuals who want to make change rather than shouting why you know, there is such a low percentage and people are not putting themselves forward. You have to put yourself forward. You can't make change if you're not visible. So visibility is really important. That's why it's so important that, you know, BAMI women do secure positions um, around the table, but, but they have to put themselves forward too. So do you think you being on board level makes it achievable for young BAME individuals just like myself to now pursue board level authority in the future? Definitely, definitely. I mean, everybody's experiences is going to be different and you can't be, you have to be yourself. You can't be somebody else. Um, And so you need to understand why is it you want to do that role first and foremost embrace it what difference do you want to make what else do you need to learn because you need to learn from others as well um, and know your worth um, as well so for me you know if people see you know if other bammy young girls or women out there feel that that you know they can aspire to fine I could you know encourage but my journey my experience is mine it's not yes. yours, it's not anybody else's, um, but certainly would want, you know, if, if my existence and visibility um, infuses others, that's a starting point. But you can't be me and neither can I be 
others really um but i am very conscious and very mindful that you know i i i play and serve a unique role because there aren't many people out there who've either had the experience that i have or work for the organization that i work for um but the equal and they should use that as 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 a lever to say it can be done but you have to find your own self and find your own voice in order to be clear as to what it is you want to achieve from you know serving because you are serving in those roles so there's no question about it you you have the skill when you have all that experience behind you now am i writing thinking that you're a mentor on the pro on the program i am you are so what have you learned from being a mentor um a variety of things really i mean being a mentor is it's 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 it, it, you know it's a responsible role but it's finding that balance between supporting and also leaving some room for that that individual to equally find themselves um every now and again i will kind of drop an email or ask you know we'll have a conversation and just to keep that sort of um um space open to be able to 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 understand the challenges they have and to try and find solutions together um because ultimately they have to find that solution themselves and it needs to work for them particularly if they keep getting knockbacks um as a result of of applying for roles but it's it and for me it's mainly about the communication side of things and to continue to encourage and to be supportive um and to 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 be in their shoes as much as I can do but they're the ones who are walk you know wearing those shoes I can only walk beside them and 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 continue to to be supportive as as much as I can and as and when I come across across opportunities I certainly you know knock on the door if you consider this is there something that you know tickles you um and just do the best I can do in terms of just being there and to try and realize their dream basically in terms of wanting to find that unique position that seems a fit for them now this has been such a fruitful conversation i've absolutely loved it i have one last question for you and this is mainly for the listeners that are thinking to pursue a job on board level what can they do what can their first steps be to achieve in that goal i would say certainly there are a few little steps that perhaps one can you know you need to take first and foremost you have to take a good look at yourself as to why it is you want to be on a board okay and embrace that and 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 really get your head into that because if it's to make a contribution if it is to 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 support a particular cause or whatever you need to 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 fully understand why it is you want to do that role and what contribution you want to make and what is it that will bring added value to those conversation because the whole point of having a diverse board is to be able to bring different perspective into a conversation um and you know embracing a consensus um but it is important that boards are diverse because you bring you know you as an individual bring a level of uniqueness into those perspectives 
Um, so that's one thing. And once you are around the seat, it's understanding the fact that you're there as a volunteer, you're there to make a contribution. You're not there to do the job of the executives or the organization that you're representing because they've got paid staff to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it also helps to come from an informed position in terms of understanding what it is you're representing so if you're working in a particular sport or a particular you know if you're a board member for a particular organization you have to invest some time in understanding that business um, and there's some you know there's little bits and pieces that you can do outside of the boardroom to be able to fill that knowledge gap actually there's so much emphasis and effort put into wanting to get into the table um, or get to the table to be part of the collective making a contribution to a business plan. Actually, your role comes into fruition outside of the boardroom. And so it's understanding what else can you give and what else you can support outside of those board meetings that makes your role meaningful, and purposeful so that you then come together as a collective, as a team. And so you can see where your own individual contribution is making a difference. And that's where the advocacy piece comes into play, because you should be able to be, you know, support that organization in a way that you come from an informed place and that these are the sort of little Things you can do in and out of a boardroom, whether you have a board position or not, is to get your head into that particular business or that particular um, organization that you're representing. Wow. That hopefully that has inspired someone out there to actually take the next step and to think that they can achieve board roles and further beyond that. Thank you so much, Funky, for everything that you've said today and hopefully someone's taken something away from this and hopefully your words will inspire some young people that are listening today and those that think that board levels are not in within their reach so thank you so much no thank you for inviting me and i've enjoyed the conversation too thank you no worries bye bye, bye.